This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Chris Muzan, who is an entrepreneur and a senior marketing director in the financial services industry. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely, Roman. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So how did you get into the field that you're in? Tell me a little bit about your journey, anything else you may have done to lead up to now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so a little bit of, uh, I'll kind of go further back than maybe most because I did have a career shift in there. So when I turned 18, I knew that I wanted to be a chef or I thought I wanted to be a chef. Um, I grew up cooking and uh, being in the kitchen a lot with my mom. Um, so I took it to this passion or had this love for food. So I figured when everyone's putting the college pressure on me <laughs> that uh, I should probably look into going to culinary school. So that's what I did. I got accepted to Johnson and Wales University and I wound up going to their Miami campus back in, I think what, 04? Yeah, it was about 04. And uh, I got an associate's degree in culinary arts and a bachelor's in food service management. While I was in school, though, I was working in the industry. The thing that they don't tell you about restaurants is that you could really just work your way up uh, without getting a degree. But nobody told me that before I chose my major. So either, either way, while I was working, in the restaurant world, I was also going to school and learning. I started back of the house, meaning I did a lot of line cook, prep cook type work. Uh, was a was ran a gourmet cafeteria for a little bit of time. Was um, was a personal chef. Did some catering. Really bounced around in the industry my first couple years that I was in school. And then I realized I was pretty personable. So I was like, all right, well, if I'm not going to stay back of the house then I figured I'd just jump front of the house and get a chance to actually talk to people instead of just being in this mundane routine on the line or in the catering space. So I decided to jump front of the house. I jumped front of the house, became a server, bartender, and all of this was while I was still going to school. And I got a lot of experience in the industry. But before I, my senior year in college, I was actually getting recruited by some other restaurant groups and you know, Disney was really had a big presence at our school. They kept recruiting a lot of our students to do cruise lines and things of that nature. Uh, but right before I, I was about to graduate, I, I got recruited onto uh, with a company called Jay Alexander's. And it's a casual fine dining restaurant for people that, that maybe don't know. And uh, I got a management position as soon as I was about to leave school. So basically, I was in my dream position, I guess you could say. I got my degree and I was working actively in the field that my degree was in. And by, by this time, you know, I'm 22. Life is starting to change a bit uh, because I'm getting a little bit more mature. And for anybody that works in restaurants or has worked in restaurants, they know it's nothing but long nights, holidays and weekends, right? You're overworked and underpaid at the essence of the business. And um, I started to see that as I was getting a little bit older, I started to see that 
you know, it, it wasn't okay to not be able to talk to my mom or see my mom on Mother's Day, right? Because Mother's Day is the busiest restaurant day of the year. So all of the years that I chose to be in restaurants, I wasn't gonna, I'd have to sacrifice seeing my, my mom. Um, and just little things like that, always having weekends, being stuck at the restaurant. I never got a Saturday night out or um, I couldn't go to church on Sunday. There are just a lot of little things that I started to see as I was working in the industry. I happened to meet my wife at that, my then girlfriend, now wife at, at that restaurant. And she was more of the entrepreneur and her and her brother ran a company together. When we moved out to California, what, what happened was jumped on board with the Cheesecake Factory right away. I was still in that management position. And then I just started to realize that it, it really wasn't gonna get me and my wife to where we wanted to be. The more that I worked in the industry, the more I saw that I was never gonna make all the money that I wanted to in the industry. I realized that I wasn't gonna be able to contribute uh, to society the way that I wanted to. I knew I'd never have that time freedom. And I was getting kind of jealous on the other side, watching my wife, even though she worked, her and her brother worked extremely hard, you know, 90 plus hours a week. Um, I knew that that was more of the lifestyle that I wanted. So then I, uh, I, I got approached by a gentleman uh, who was in financial services and we just had a really good conversation. We had really good chemistry. We decided to explore the path of what it would look like for me to jump into financial services and really get more into an ownership role. And my wife and I evaluated it and we really liked it. So that was the way that we decided to go. I was able to jump on board uh, and really learn the industry from a, from a, a flex time, part-time basis. And after about eight or nine months, I decided to quit the Cheesecake Factory and quit my full-time job and started my journey in entrepreneurship full-time, running a financial services company. And uh, we've never looked back since. No, that's awesome. I kind of pivoted. I was in criminal justice and ended up in digital marketing also. So you don't always end up where you started. So I know that journey is a little different. But what are some of the things that you've uh, learned in the food service industry that helped you out and carried over into financial services? The, no the number one thing, Roman, is, is just customer service and dealing with people. Once I realized that hospitality was nothing but a people business and then financial services is nothing but a people business. I just transitioned my, my, my skills trans, trans, transitioned very well. Let's say that they transitioned very well because I just, I always treated people well. And since I always treated people well, I knew that um, the business would, would, would treat me well in, in return. So I, I would say it's people. Yeah, I think it's people. And like you said, treating people well, I think that's important. That's uh, overlooked a lot today in business and in general but i think being genuinely nice and genuine to people goes a long way and kind of shows who you are as a as a person and then people are more willing to work with you as a professional absolutely absolutely couldn't agree more so what are some of the stuff that you're working on in your role currently so so currently what what i do is um i really look to help middle income families learn how to get ahead financially. What, what I found in the financial services space was that there weren't a lot of companies out there uh, really targeting the people that needed the most help. In, in financial services, most people or most companies uh, are looking to go after the quote unquote whales of society, the people that have the most money, uh, because obviously it pays them the most. 
Um, but when you really take a, uh, again, going back to people, when you take a customer centric or a client centric approach about your business, then it's really about what do the people that you're serving, what, what do they need? What's their concern? And so I, uh, I've, I've taken a liking to middle income families and really giving them the tools and strategies they need to get ahead. Because of that, my leadership skills, my communication skills, have all continued to improve over time uh, just by me dealing with more and more people. No, I agree. I think, like you said, as you uh, become comfortable and, and work with more people, I think it's the same thing with starting this podcast. Each interview becomes better and better and you learn from obviously that person that you deal with because you're learning a lot about each individual's life and lifestyle and their pain points. And then you can use that to build uh, over time in terms of how you uh, approach people within that income class and what their pain points are. Absolutely. So what's one thing that you may have struggled with in the past in terms of uh, something that was holding you back that you turned into a win and you utilize it now to your advantage? It's a really good question, Roman. So, uh, I mean, this has always been tough for me because I don't, even though I'm very self-aware and I'll tell you, entrepreneurship will make you very self-aware. It forces you to really look at yourself in the mirror and see what you, see what your strengths are, see what your weaknesses are. You know, see what you'll tolerate, see what you're good at, and not. Um, entrepreneurship is really good at, at at doing that. For for me, I don't really know what I consider, you know, big weaknesses. I know there's some things that I would say maybe other people don't find them favorable. Meaning, uh, one of the things I would say is uh, I'm an only child, so I do have this this gene in me that doesn't share or that's a little selfish or a little stubborn, right? Some people call it only child syndrome. I have a little bit of that in me because I am an only child. So there's certain things that I just, I've never really liked authority. I've never really complied with what other people think are the status quo or the norm. I'm the kid or I was the kid that would ask why to a lot of things. And I would think for some that might be a flaw for me, that's always been a strength because especially in entrepreneurship, because it's helped me go down this path of just being curious, just all, you know, the best entrepreneurs are the ones that figure out the biggest problems and find solutions to them and then actually execute on those solutions. The only way that you can find solutions to things is if you're asking questions, relevant questions about what the problems are, what the issues are. Um, and I think that's been a definite strength that I've been able to use a lot more is just that stubbornness of like, well, why is it that way? Why do we have to do it that way? Well, what if we tried it this way? And just asking those questions to really find a different outcome, to really get a different perspective on life. Those, those are things that I hold true because I think that helps us progress as a society. But for some, they may look at, at that stubbornness or that defiance as a bit of a weakness. I always thought it was a strength though. No, I agree. And I think you touched on self-awareness. I think self-awareness is very important in entrepreneurism and anything that you do, because if you're not self-aware, you're going to go down paths and exert energy that, you know, may not have been going into the right way. And if, you know, you are self-aware, you can pivot away and, you know, adjust to any situation. Absolutely. And I, and, and I really think when, when we talk about self-awareness, I think it's the thing that people shy away from because they're scared of what they might find. Most people don't like to look in the mirror. They don't like to 
face their truths and face the things that are really prevalent in their life. But there's no way to get better. There's no way to improve. There's no way to get better if we don't know where we're actually starting. And hence why, you know, I, I believe most people don't, and I think the, the, the statistics would prove it, most people don't do well in entrepreneurship. Most people don't do well starting a business because that's actually what it takes. It just takes you being completely self-aware, having a lot of patience, but really just being self-aware about what you're good at, what you bring to the table, what your skills are. And if you're not willing to evaluate those things and you're not willing to stop and just say, all right, this is me. If you're not willing to do that, unfortunately, you're not going to be that successful in whatever area you want to do or you, you want to see improvements in. You know, even for people that are married, like myself, married at, at a certain point in time, you have to become very self-aware with who you, who, who you are as a husband, who you are as a wife, like what you bring to the table, what are your strengths and weaknesses, because that's going to help improve the marriage. If you're, you know, this, if, if you have a partner, in marriage and you believe that you're partners, then at the end of the day, one has to supplement the other ones. One has to support the other one. So the only way that that can happen truly is if you both understand where you sit as far as strengths and weaknesses and being self-aware. So self-awareness is, is huge for me, Roman. It's really, really big. I think more people need to uh, take it seriously and figure out how they can start to honestly become more self-aware. No, I agree. And then you just touched on uh, the point of fear. Now, when you switched over and when you spoke to your wife about, you know, going from food services into the financial services industry, how did you overcome that kind of fear or doubt? Because I'm sure there may have been some stuff that this is new. If I'm going to succeed, is this the right decision? How did you kind of overcome that? That's good. And so many people deal, deal with it and we're not exempt. Um, the The uh, the perk that I had was my wife was already an entrepreneur, right? So she already understood the journey of entrepreneurship a little bit more than I did. She already understood business a little bit more than I did. So she had a leg up in just understanding the journey ahead. Where her fear specifically, where her fear came in was just the fact that we were making a change. It really wasn't about entrepreneurship or not it was just the fact that like hey you're on this path i'm on this path even though we're not quote unquote the happiest right we're not super happy we're not super fulfilled we have all the things right we had a place to we had living space we had cars right we did as we pleased we ate when we wanted to like all those things we had them so anytime you're going to make a shift or make a change there's going to be that fear how did we overcome it honestly overcame it by talking and communicating more about vision than about about fear see what what you focus on you get more of what 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 the human brain chooses to lock in on and focus and think about often grows so the more that we feed our minds or we constantly look at the things that we're scared of or the fearful parts of things the more fear that actually grows in us so to counteract that one of the things that we did that I did is, you know, I talked to her more about the vision, about, hey, look at what this could get us. Hey, look at where we could be. Hey, this matches up with our goals. This this helps you get that house that you want. This helps us live out our family life the way that we want to. If if we, foc we focused more on where we were going and what this change could do for us from a positive standpoint than being held back by the fear of just making a change 
and we're uncertain about it. So it's re- it really comes down to mindset, Roman, down to the mindset you have in order to make sure you fulfill your goals and dreams and, and get to the place that you want to be. If we don't focus on fear, then we can get more things if we just focus on our vision and the the other um you know things that that pull us no i agree and i think like you said uh it's up to each individual what they focus on they have the opportunity to be positive or negative and obviously one's going to be more impactful and where you kind of focus your brain if you focus it on positivity or you do you know manifest manifestation of your goals and that kind of thing and you know focus to something positive you're going to get a better outcome with you know the efforts that you're doing but if you're constantly saying you know this didn't happen to me why is this person more successful than me why isn't my business working and this person you know persons is then you're going to have that kind of mindset and be held down because your mind also impacts your mood obviously your health and all that is kind of um tied together absolutely your thoughts become things your thoughts become things i say this a lot to people that we don't understand how powerful our brain is if your mind can conceive it you can achieve it but the things that we actually do wind up you know putting in our mind and filling our mind with are normally things that aren't going to help us get to where we want to be it's it's often the opposite things uh, so making sure that we are aware of what we're even feeding our mind making sure we're aware of you know all all of the, our senses are some sort of gate to our inner self into our mind into our spirit whatever it is and that is super important to understand that we have to watch what we're watching we have to watch and be careful about what we're listening to and what things are impacting our mind because they subconsciously become our thoughts and then if our thoughts aren't working in accordance with our spirit and where we're trying to go we have this disconnect in us and it causes people as humans to be stagnant to not be clear on their goals to use escapism as ways to kind of keep them where they're at and um, you know people people just really need to become more aware of things like that, that to help control their brain no i definitely agree and it's like you said very important and it goes a long way in terms of getting your mind right and learning how to be positive thinking positive starting with a positive routine, meditating, whatever helps people kind of get in that right mindset starting off in the morning and having some kind of positive routine is very important. Dude, that's that's so important, Roman. Like I just I just talked about that with a few other of my my colleagues and I said that um, having a morning routine is probably the most important thing you can do if you want to change your state or change like kind of where you're at. For a lot of people that deal with depression and anxiety and all these things that are plaguing our society right now, it really just comes down to their thoughts, their habits, and their routine. If they can change their body, change the things that they focus on and change their words, it'll actually change what's being manifested. If that's depression or anxiety or any other issue that you have, if you start to change those things, change your change like your physical body, meaning move and get active, change what your mind is focused on and like your thoughts, what you're thinking about and change the words, your language, the syntax, the way that you use your words. If you change those things, it'll change like who you are. So this morning routine, one thing that I'm seeing a lot of people fall into and I've been victim of it, that's why I've changed, is you know touching your phone first thing in the morning to check social media. Checking social media, like if Facebook is the first thing you touch in the morning, like it's an issue. <laughs> if Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or anything that's hot right now is the first thing that you're touching in the morning, then 
you know, it's an issue for, for business people. I'm sure there's some business people listening to this podcast as well. Even for business people, if email is the first thing you check in the morning, if your voicemail is the first thing that you check in the morning, it'll throw off your routine like my, and, and it'll throw off the, the, the rest of your day. I had to learn that in my own life, personally, I couldn't do those things first thing in the morning. I couldn't check social media. I couldn't uh, watch or, or look at my, my emails or look at my text messages or get right into the day because I always felt rushed. It literally put me in a place early in the morning. It would put me in a place of feeling like I was already behind. No matter how early I waked up or I, 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 I woke up, I would still be in a place of like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. It would start my day off the wrong way. And my mindset would be poor in the morning, which would leak into the rest of my day. And I started to realize I wasn't having the most productive days all because of what I chose to do in the morning. So once I chose to switch that and flip and look at my morning routine and say, you know what? I'm not going to touch my phone for the first 30 minutes I'm up. I'm not, you know, I've even gone as far as saying I'm not going to touch my phone until I'm at my first destination, whether it's my office, whether it's my first appointment of the day, but literally leaving the house, not touching my phone until I get there. Those type of things started to help me get control of my mind and my thoughts again, which eventually helped me to have better, more productive days. So that morning routine's everything, man. I agree. And with like the social media, it actually spikes your endorphin levels. So it's kind of an addiction. It's been kind of classified as, you know, kids and people of all agents actually getting addicted to social media. So doing something like that in the morning is kind of giving you an artificial high, looking at pictures, looking how many likes you've gotten for something and basically changing your mood and setting you up to fail for the day. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know it went that, that deep, but it makes sense. It makes complete sense that that would be something that people got addicted to and it affects the outcome of their day. So makes sense. Yeah. So what's one thing that you can leave with the audience, either personal or professional advice? Uh, I think the biggest piece of advice we've actually touched on which is it's time to get self-aware. If you can if you can get self-aware, if you can start to realize who you are as a person and what you're good at and what you're not and then on the on the other side of that start to really develop a plan for what you want your life to look like. I think one of the areas that we all need the most help. And I don't know when it happened in this country, but at some point we stopped dreaming and we stopped learning how to dream. And we started to think that our, our dreams are unattainable or it's corny or stupid to dream and think of having a better life. At some point, we have to get back to learning how to do that. And that, that would be the piece of advice I would leave with everyone. Get very self-aware about who you are as a person, but then also think and ask yourself the question, what do I want my life to look like 10 years from now? You know, a couple of my mentors and the people that I've been around have posed the question to me, listen, you're gonna end up somewhere in five years or you're gonna end up somewhere in 10 years, right? God willing, you don't get hit by a bus, right? But you're, you're, you're gonna end up somewhere. So the question is, where do you wanna end up? If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're gonna end up at the exact same place that you are now, just 10 years later, and older but if you can put in your mind exactly the life that you want and the more clear that you are on your life the more it, it will actually manifest for you if, instead of just saying i want to be comfortable because that's what most people say 
most people when they say when I ask them hey what do you, where do you see yourself 10 years from now what's the ideal life for you they just say something like I want to be comfortable that is the least bit of clarity you could have you have to define what comfortable means to you and it's not just in a sense of work it's not just in a sense of what you do for work because what you do for work is not who you are and it's not it may dic- it may dictate some of the lifestyle you live but it's not who you are so if you really thought if a person really thought what is it that i want what is it that i want out of life and where do i see myself 10 years from now and really design it in your mind exactly what your ideal life would be you can achieve it couple that with being self aware that is like a, a a dream formula or equation for you getting and achieving your goals so that would be what i would leave no i definitely agree with that and like the self awareness is the basis and having some kind of you know dream a goal or and then having a plan to fulfill that is very important absolutely absolutely and i would say even the the plan sometimes roman is even less important than just having the vision of what it even looks like to get there right a lot of times we don't have a vision of the finish line or of the actual goal it's too vague it's too in the air we have to get very clear on like all right that's what i want and then once we have that then sometimes you know as an entrepreneur sometimes i don't have a plan for things sometimes i just know you know 10 years from now that's where i want to be and then thoughts will just start coming to me business ideas will just start coming to me that will help me in that direction but there's no concrete plan of how to get there but i at least know what i want and i'm so clear on it and i'm so sure that that's what i want that my mind can go to work architecting what i need to do in order to get there that's why a lot of times people switch up their their jobs their careers they feel unset they don't know what they want to do cuz they're in today's age there's so many options and so many things you can do we need to narrow it down and just say well what do i want what is the life that i would like to live when i'm 43 42 37 whatever that age is 10 years from now what is it that i want to have my life look like and get very clear write it down draw it out whatever you need to do and then you can achieve it no i definitely agree well it was a pleasure having you on I'll let the audience know how they can find you and anything you may have going on events you know speaking things things of that nature absolutely well every, the best place to find me is anywhere on social whether that's facebook instagram linkedin twitter snapchat uh, anywhere you want to find me i'm at @cmuzan1 so my first initial c my last name muzan m o u z o n and the number 1 on all those platforms i also host a few podcasts as well um the property players podcast the perspective podcast and then entrepreneurial development all of those you can find somewhere on my social accounts um so feel free to 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 follow them um but i love to engage i'd love to to chat with you so anyone that is listening feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms and uh let's let's continue the conversation there awesome it was a pleasure thank you rom pleasure's mine This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at novazoradigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.